Welcome to The Big Unlock, where we discuss data, analytics, and emerging technologies in healthcare. Here's some of the most innovative thinkers in healthcare information technology talk about the digital transformation of healthcare and how they are driving change in their organizations. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast, The Big Unlock. And it is this is Patty, and it is my great privilege and honor to have as my special guest today, Greg Silvestri, Head of Digital Health and Innovation for Abby. Greg, welcome to the show. Hey, Patty, thanks for having me today. You're most welcome. So, Greg, for those who may not know Abby and Abby's history, of course, the blockbuster drug that that drives most of Abby. Do you want to share a little bit of background and overview of the company before we launch into our conversation today? Yeah, absolutely. Would be happy to. So, um, yeah, I think most people, um, you know, know Abby as the Humira company, um, as it's oftentimes referenced to. Um, but you know, Abby's a, a company that's been, um, you know, has, has split out from Abbott about five years ago. Um, and as a company that obviously is, is really founded around um, Humira and is really a big driver of um, where the company's gotten to over the last five years. But, um, you know, it's a company that's really diversified now. And so when you begin to look at our portfolio, really where we're major players across immunology, um, you know, women's health, oncology. So um, it's really an exciting company to to be at because, um, you know, again, while while we're known for Humira, there's a lot happening um, across the portfolio, being a company that is still only five years old, being independent. Um, and then on top of that, of course, what's, what's most exciting about it is all the innovation and the areas that we are now getting into um, in the digital health space as well. That's awesome. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, I know that AbbVie has a ventures, a venture capital arm that's been making a, a number of investments also in the space. And we'll We'll hopefully be able to talk a little bit about that and uh, what the investment philosophy is and how it drives digital. But to begin with, uh, what what does digital really mean in the context of a company like Abwe and in general to the pharma sector? Do you want to maybe share a few thoughts on that first? Yeah, it's you know it's an interesting question. It's one that that I get asked a lot, and um, you know it's it's one of those things now having been at multiple companies and. And being in digital health and innovation roles, people often the first question you always get is, so what what is it? What is our digital health strategy? What is it going to be? And the first thing I like to tell people is that digital health isn't a strategy, right? It's it's an enabler to an overall strategy. Um, you know, it's just it's just another tool that we have to really unlock value and to think about strategically. Every company looks at what they want to be different. Um, and depending on what you want to do at a, let's say, a corporate level, at a commercial level, at a development level, um, you then look at your enabling technologies and what you can do from a digital standpoint, and those things should help you ladder up back into what your overall strategy is. And so really digital means different things to different companies, right? For for some companies within pharma, it's simply about um, enabling the development of molecules more efficiently or effectively in a clinical trial through, um, you know, whether it's just simply being able to measure things objectively um, in a better way in a setting where, um, you know, where patients actually live and work in ways that are meaningful for them. 
It can be actually thinking about developing a digital therapeutic to replace a molecule, um, or it can be some sort of combination in between, right? And so I think, again, it, it all ladders back up to what, is a, what does a company want to be? Um, and then building your approach to, to digital with those enabling technologies that way. Right, that's, uh, that's very interesting. So from what you said, uh, the, the focus areas as far as digital strategies are concerned, in pharma are maybe a little bit different from that of let's say a health system or a hospital. In the context of hospitals, health systems, or even health insurance companies, we hear a lot about patient engagement or caregiver enablement as the big focus area, you know, telehealth and whatnot. Uh, you, ju you just mentioned uh, drug discovery, which, which seems to be a big focus area for pharma. So in that sense, is there a fundamental difference between, let's say, pharma and other sectors within healthcare, as it relates to approaching digital. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily know if it's if it's different. I think they're complementary. Um, and what I mean by that is is when you think about what everybody is doing within digital, right? It's all about sort of um, dynamic a, a shift in terms of where the the focus of power is moving towards, right? And we're we're trying to put more of that focus back on the patients. Um, and when you think about things around engagement, right, what, what does it always come down to? Whatever it is we're trying to do within, within digital, it's around outcomes, right? And we're essentially at the end of the day trying to, trying to make people healthier, trying to improve outcomes. And ultimately, right, if we want to break it down, like how do we take costs out of the system, right, across the board? Um, and so I think that's where you get a lot of that overlap. Um, and I think what's important about that, particularly when you think about some of the strategies that come out of pharma, is if you look at the changing dynamics within the payer landscape and whatnot, um, a lot of these things are becoming cost of entry now. So if you're not coming with um, a digital product or a digital solution along with a molecule, um, you're actually putting yourself behind the eight ball a little bit. Um, and, and what I mean by that is, if you let's just take a look at uh, biologics and, and, and um, drug delivery right now. So if you think about that space, right, we are moving into a world where a lot of the, um, the focus is being shifted onto the patient in terms of um, a lot of these new biologics are, you know, large injections, they're, they're viscous, um, and a lot of them are now happening in the home. Um, and our efficacy, right, is based off of how well people can actually take these injections as an example, which is then also tied to our reimbursement. Um, and so based off of that, we need to have tools in place so we can actually understand how people are using our products and to actually enable the best experience that they can. Um, because in these areas where you're seeing, you know, kind of essentially commoditization of molecules and, and kind of dancing on a pinhead for differentiation of new products sometimes, um, that experience is going to be the differentiator between how effective your product is and and, you know, tied to, again, if you're looking at different risk share models or, um, you know, some of these new emerging uh, reimbursement strategies, being able to have that, um, that tie into an ecosystem with digital is going to be, is going to be critical. So you're, you're almost uh, uh, saying that, you know, digital enablement is almost like table stakes for, uh, for entry and for remaining competitive in the marketplace uh, in some ways. Is that correct? I would definitely say that, and I think you're you're already seeing that, right? So obviously, in some chronic chronic areas, right, you can you can point to diabetes and say it is essentially cost of entry at this point, um, and you can clearly see as you're starting to look at other chronic areas, 
particularly where there's a lot of costs, right? That's where you're starting to see most of the uh, most of the um, the inroads with it, right? So it's all around hypertensive, you know, obesity, non-compliance, diabetes, asthma. Those are your those are really the areas where it's ripe and and it's becoming just simply cost of entry. Right. That's very interesting. So that indicates a level of maturity in the marketplace as well. So you mentioned digital therapeutics. Uh, so can you talk a little bit about uh, what kind of initiatives are the near-term focus areas for AbbVie and how are you really going about harnessing in your role uh, the innovations that are available in the marketplace, either through the startup ecosystem or through uh, partnerships, or even through internal initiatives, can you talk a little bit about how Abby is approaching it? Yeah, we, I mean, we're we're definitely looking at things uh, from a buy, borrow, build perspective, right? We're not locked into one particular strategy in terms of um, thinking about digital. Um, now, the thing that we are doing, right, is I think if you look at the digital space, it's matured a lot in the last, let's even say, three years. And so I think where the shift has sort of happened and where where we're going with things is that, um, you know, a couple of years ago, it was all about um, the sensor, right? And everybody was fascinated by just the data that could come off of the sensor. Um, and what we've seen very quickly is that there's there's not value in data. And so what I mean by that is, is there was that period where just simply being able to, to capture transactional metrics off of a single sensor, we, everybody thought there was going to be tremendous value in that. And now where we've gotten to, and I think because of it is the commoditization of the tech, is, is we can measure most things, right? So we're not so much enamored by the technology anymore, but we're more thinking about um, these sensors as enablers to a broader intervention, right? And so... The approach that we're taking is actually one that is agnostic of technology. So um, our whole strategy starts without talking about technology. It's, again, all around what are we solving and bringing a lot of elements of, um, you know, design thinking and co-creations with our patients into the process to really, again, understand what is meaningful to them, what are the constraints for that patient population to ensure if we are going to be bringing some sort of digital technology in that it actually works right from an experience standpoint. Um, and then again, if, if that's laddering back up into what our overall strategy is. So the biggest thing that we've been doing is trying to get people out of the mindset of being so enamored by the widget and focused on the actual technology and more around the problem and what we're solving and then working backwards into what is that ultimate um, you know, perfect solution going to be for that um, patient population or whatnot. And that's that's where we get into then at that point, thinking about buy, borrow, build, right? Is there something that is off the shelf that is perfect for us to, a uh, company for us to partner on? Or is there, um, you know, maybe somebody that has about 50%, 60% of the way there that we can partner um, and get them, uh, you know, that, that extra 50% so we're in a good place to uh, to be able to leverage that technology? So that's an interesting uh, observation you make that the technology by itself is not something you want to be enamored with uh, to a point where that is the end. Uh, you're really using technology to drive new experiences, new ways of doing things. And, uh, you know, some might argue that uh, the whole uh, technology first or put to put it another way, you know, build it and hope they will come kind of a mindset is not really going to work in healthcare. At the same time, uh, the technology is uh, an important enabler, right? Using the technology to accelerate 
innovation or to reimagine the way you engage with patients or reimagine your uh, different processes in your value chain also is important. So it looks like, you know, you're, you're in, in your strategy of buy, borrow, build, uh, you're definitely, it, it seems, looking into the ecosystem for interesting technologies that can help drive your digital uh, journey or digital strategy. Can you talk a little bit about uh, specifically what are the things you look for when you go into the market and what are the things that you feel like you're best off doing internally? Yeah, so we, again, we take an approach of thinking about um, digital from the standpoint is that there are short-term needs and then there's going to be long-term, right? Um, and so our approach, again, is is grounded in what we're solving. And the reason we do that is because if you don't take that approach and you get more enamored on the technology, what you end up happening is getting stuck in a world where everything is an app. And uh, what I would challenge people is to think about right now, everything is we're very much tied to screens, right? And so inherently, when we think about solutions, we say, well, we, you know, people don't, people sort of use um, uh, saying I need an app as a way for talking about a digital strategy, right? Much like we call a Kleenex um, or, you know, Xerox, things like that, right? We we get focused in on a particular um, thing that means something actually much bigger. Um, and so what we try to do is, again, getting people out of thinking about apps and thinking about the problem because, um, you know, I really think screens are going to be going away in the next couple of years. Um, when you start to look at the trends of zero UI and what, um, you know, a lot of companies are doing in terms of, uh, you know, Apple and Google and Amazon and talking about trying to get your phone essentially into your ear, right? They're calling them hearables, um, but then also looking at how we're all guinea pigs every time we put our AirPods in or we're talking to um, an Echo, right? We're all sort of moving towards this reality of not actually using screens. And so, you know, what our approach has been is understanding for our, uh, let's just take an example for, for someone, let's say with Parkinson's, um, understanding in the short term, what does good look like for them and what sort of um, you know, technologies can we bring in to, uh, let's say, either better assess um, disease progression or look at things in terms of, um, um, you know, clinical tests that happen actually outside of the clinic um, in the short term, but then also thinking about, again, the constraints of that patient population and things that they may have um, from some physical limitations and whatnot, dexterity and whatnot, um, and think about ways that we can totally change that engagement. And so, a lot of that involves thinking about what are your patient reported outcomes and things, um, and then trying to identify emerging technologies that we can partner with and say, are there ways that we can actually, um, you know, validate these these PROs and, and you know, get in that that sort of futuristic world that we like to be in. Um, you know, the other challenge I would I would say, and, and something we talk about often, is beyond screens going away, is you know, is is PROs and in, in clinical trials going away. Um, and can we get to a world where everything is truly passively collected? Um, and so that when you kind of think about those two worlds, it'll help you develop a roadmap that gives you short term within the next two to three years what you do, but then also your longer term vision in terms of, um, you know, partnerships and, and some of these, uh, you know, emerging zero, zero UI technologies and whatnot. That's, a, that's, again, another interesting observation. And so there's obviously implications uh, for you know, for both the consumer of these technologies and also for 
those who are developing these technologies. So, you know, as we as we all know, there's billions and billions going into funding innovative startups, and uh, you know, it's and many of them don't make it, right? And I've read uh, stats from IQVR and others that say that uh, there's uh, you know more than 100, 150,000 mobile apps out there in the Apple and the Droid stores, but a very, very small number are actually being used meaningfully. Uh, if you go by the, you know if you go by the number of uh, uh, downloads and uh, so on. So if we are moving towards an environment where it is let's say screenless and it's a zero UI environment, what's the how do these innovative startups find a place in the world? Are they all going to have to eventually converge on a handful of devices that become the gateway now to managing the patient experience, like an iPhone, for instance, or an you know, or an Echo, uh, Amazon Echo? Where do we think where do we think we are headed with this? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's particularly zeroing in on a particular technology or a few technologies. I think the challenge with a lot of these startups has been um, they've taken almost a consumer approach um, to the technology. And what I mean by that is um, when you look at a lot of companies from my perspective that have failed or are struggling, they have some interesting technology that they're then trying to. Um, essentially figure out a healthcare problem for, right? So they're actually attacking the issue backwards, um, which is more of that sort of, you know, commercial Silicon Valley sort of approach, right? Where we have something interesting and, and let's see if we can actually figure out a way to implement it um, in a way that's meaningful for folks, right? And so in healthcare, I think that it doesn't work, right? And I think that's where you're seeing the challenges and we've always seen the challenges um, is that, um, a lot of these startups don't have a, a good understanding of healthcare and healthcare systems and and just workflows and actually how healthcare gets delivered. Um, on the other side of the world, which is always a challenge, is a lot of people within pharma can't speak the same language as a lot of these startups. Um, and so because of that, um, I think you've seen a lot of these companies that are failing. And so do I think we're going to get stuck into, you know, to your to your question, a world of just simply an Echo or an iPhone? Like, no, because, again, in a world of let's keep moving down. Um, so right now it's an app and then it's going to go towards some sort of zero UI. But probably after that, it's going to move towards an implantable, right, or something like that. And mm -hmm. so, again, in that sort of scenario, it's not about the technology. It's about are we solving the right problem? And then the, 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 the solution that we're adopting is going to evolve. Um, and, you know, an example of that I always like to give is um, if you're starting a new job, right? Same sort of thing when it comes to technology development. And your first day, let's say you don't know the area where your, your office is, which obviously you would if you've already interviewed there. But let's just hypothetically say you don't know where you're going, right? If you start your new job in 1985, the solution and the product you're going to adopt is going to be a map, Right. But as you move on, if you start your job in, let's say, 1995, right, it's probably going to be, um, you know, or, or later on than that, it's going to be, you're not going to select the map anymore. You're going to select uh, MapQuest or, and print out your directions. And then it's going to be a GPS that's on your dashboard. Then it's going to be, you know, Waze. And then it's going to be a self-driving car. And it's all these sorts of yep. things, right? So yep. you can see fundamentally, we can't articulate what the technology is going to be. But it's the same problem exists, and so we just need to stay grounded in that problem and let the technology evolve. Interesting. So 
so in in uh, so I want to talk a little bit about your investment portfolio, right? I mean, Abbey Ventures. You you know you've made a bunch of investments. You've made some strategic partnerships with. So so what's been the philosophy behind these investments? What are, what are you looking for from these entities? Yeah. So you know it's um I think it's it's evolving as well, right? So I think the 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 area that it's evolving more and more is around the digital space. And so, um, you know, we've, we've got some, some well-known partnerships out there, particularly with Calico and things that we're working on there, um, which has been really successful. And I think, you know, where we're at is we're, we have a, a pretty clearly defined um, approach to digital in terms of some of our emerging core therapeutic areas that we want to be in. And so now what, what our approach has been is, is actually, um, again, thinking about both short-term and long-term. And so, um, what I would say around our approach is we're thinking about the next three to five years in terms of what we need to deliver, but then also um, hopefully going to be placing some bets on what that more future um, vision for digital and what Abbey is going to look like um, in terms of partnerships from, um, you know, small startup companies, um, academia, um, consortiums, and then, um, you know, some other, let's say, potentially bigger um, technology investments as well. So we're sort of um, again, all all over the map in a way, but it's it's sort of focused in a manner, if that makes sense. Meaning, short term to long term priorities. Yeah, yeah. So, one of the things that, uh, and I want to go back to your earlier comment about zero UI technology, and I think the example of uh, the self driving car and you know, going from a map to a self driving car that knows where it needs to go, and all you do is provide an address, for instance. That's all powered by a lot of uh, uh, AI technologies, right? So it's looking at a lot of data, it's learning on its own, it's making sure that uh, you know, it's not making any mistakes, optimizing for the routes, et cetera, et cetera. So where does, uh, <clears throat> now AI is a much hype term, but there's also some reality to it. Where, where do you feel that fits in your overall strategy? Do you look at, uh, do you look at AI as a, as something that, you know, you want to invest in as an entity, or are you looking at your partners to, you know, sort of infuse their technologies and their products and platforms with inbuilt AI functionality? So you're, so it's, uh, to your earlier term, it's kind of like table stakes, the cost of entry. Where do you see, where do you see that in the in the overall spectrum of expectations? Yeah. So, you know, for us, it's, it's, it's hand in hand, right? When we think about a digital strategy, um, that's certainly a component of it, right? So we can call it, um, you know, we can call it AI, we can call it whatever we want to call it. But at the end of the day, again, if you're thinking about, uh, as we talked about earlier, that evolution, right, from 2015 being about data and 2018 and 2019 being about actionable information, the only way you get there is through analysis, right? And so let's call it AI, but we have now these disparate data streams that are coming off of these sensors, right? So these are the enablers that in isolation don't provide any value. Um, when you're able to look at those things in combination um, and actually make sense of it, right, that's when you are able to get to actionable information. Um, and that is ultimately where the value within digital is, right? And then I think we're seeing that evolution and what that does um, when you're able to do that analysis and, and make meaningful, get meaningful information out of these, these sensors, um, then it opens up everything for you, right? It opens up that ecosystem. It opens up all those areas of intervention that you can make 
And it goes from a reality that takes you from um, passively tracking to then actually being proactive in terms of um, interventions and, and actually, um, you know, engagement, right? And that's ultimately where we want to get to. So yeah. I think it's, um, I think whatever we want to call it, it's, it's actually what's, what is really the, the anchor to what's going to be the future of, of digital and if, if digital is really going to work. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. So, so now what are the, you know, what are the top two or three challenges in making all this come together? With data, of course, we know that in healthcare, there's, there's a problem with interoperability. There are no defined standards, especially in the context of uh, you know, exchanging electronic health record information, as an example. But what do you think are going to be the biggest challenges to making this vision a reality or, or getting to where you think you need to be for Abby? Yeah, I think it's always it's always interesting having you know now been at a, a handful of large farm and, and med device companies. Um, the challenges are always the same, but a little bit different, right? And I think one of the biggest ones, particularly within pharma, is um, you know pharma moves at a certain pace and technology moves at a certain pace, right? Mm-hmm. And we we know that those are not similar, right? So pharma is much more plotting and um, straightforward, right, where um, trying to marry up timelines between what you're doing within pharma and the tech is, is always going to be a challenge. Now, mm-hmm. I think with some of the stuff that the FDA is doing, um, it's starting to or attempting to to bridge that. And I, I'm hopeful that those sorts of interventions are going to help us be more nimble um, moving forward in terms of digital combination products and whatnot. So I think there are some um, potential solutions there. Um, but to me, the biggest challenge is inherently um, pharma needs to change what it thinks it does. And so um, for a lot of pharma companies, they are a drug company or they think of themselves as a drug company. And the challenge I would say across the board is that when you take a look outside of the, the four walls of your company, you're really an outcomes company. Um, and when you begin to think of yourselves as an outcomes company, your competitive set opens up. Um, and what you're trying to accomplish um, opens up as well. And so trying to make that shift in mindset from a, from an industry like pharma is a challenge. And, um, you know, what comes along with that is, as we talked about before, right, different skill sets and, and ways of thinking and experiences. And so those are all just, um, I think, things that are right now um, a lot of companies are trying to evolve into. But I think it's that shifting mindset into solutions and outcomes versus product and molecule. Interesting. So what's what's the definition of success then in, in your role? Yeah, so I, I think for us, it's around, it's really two things, right? So I think it's, we want to look at, um, like most companies, um, digital that can enable the drug development process, right? So how can we take friction out of the system? When you think about uh, clinical trials, there's so much, so many areas that are ripe for um, just improvement, right? So that's one is is ways that we can tangibly look at the ways we're doing trials and are we doing them better, right? Are we able to um, capture measures objectively? Are we able to take some of the PROs out? Are we able to um, reduce costs, increase probability for success of our trials? Those sorts of things, right? At the second time, it's about enabling commercial strategies, right? So things we talked about earlier around um, molecule plus some sort of digital solution to enable um, new partnerships with with payer organizations or just open up some of these 
um, commercial opportunities that may not exist by simply having, um, you know, a fantastic drug that works in isolation. Right. So some of it is also driven by the expectations around demonstrating outcomes and demonstrating the value uh, with, with all the scrutiny around the cost of drugs and so on and so forth. Is that is that what is also driving some of the digital strategy? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Right. That's that's part of it, too, is, is when you have a fantastic, a fantastic product, you want to ensure that um, you can actually show in a real world that people are using it, using it properly. And and, um, you know, the efficacy is there. So, yeah, absolutely. That is part of it. And as we talked about, right, moving more and more towards table stakes in a lot of these chronic areas. Yeah. Yeah. So we're coming up to the uh, to our time here. So my final question for you, Greg, is what's your advice to uh, your peers in the industry, uh, namely other digital chief digital officers uh, in uh, either pharma or you know other sectors of healthcare, and also to the solution providers? Let's you know let's recognize that there is a huge ecosystem that sees a huge opportunity for digital uh, in uh, healthcare. And they just, you know, there seems to be some amount of struggle in trying to make, you know, the, the correct connects and finding the right fit and ensuring that everybody is successful. So what's your what's your advice to solution providers as well as to your peers? Yeah, I think it's again, it's 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 taking a step back right from the sexiness of the technology, which is where we all love to talk about. But taking that step back and saying, is everything truly grounded? in an overall strategy, right? And thinking about digital as not a standalone component, but as we talked about, an enabler to that bigger strategy, right? In and, in and of itself, it is not a strategy. It should enable whatever your company wants to be, whether it's an outcomes company, whether it's, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, so that's number one is don't think about it as this, this siloed, um, you know, thing by itself, but thinking about it as it integrates with the bigger company and I think the other part is, again, is it is it about outcomes and how it fits into the workflow, right? If you're not optimizing the process, if you're actually creating complexity, um, which a lot of these solutions currently are with when you think about dashboards and everything else that we're asking um, physicians to log into, right, and all these other things. Yeah. Um, if you're not optimizing the process, then you need to take a step back and think and think about how you can actually do that. Um, so that, that is the biggest thing for me is like, it's, it's about optimization. It's taking friction out of the system. And if you can look at what you're doing and we're not doing that, then we need to take a step back and, and think about how to do that. Fantastic. Greg, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you and, uh, you know, thank you so much for sharing uh, your insights on digital and what you're doing at Abby. Sounds like you've got a lot of exciting things going on and I wish you the very best with all of these initiatives. Thank you again for being on the show. Absolutely, Patty. Appreciate it and uh, hope to catch up soon. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Subscribe to our podcast series at www.thebigunlock.com and write to us at info at thebigunlock.com.